everybody, and welcome into another fantastic edition of Upon Further Review. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn. And joining us on the hotline from the great state of Oklahoma is the great Barry Trammell, columnist extraordinaire of the Daily Oklahoman. Hi, Barry. How are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Well, Barry, we decided we want to bring you in for your expertise on those two Oklahoma teams. Uh, it seems like right now you've got one more contender up there than we've got down here in Texas. We, we've got Baylor left down here, and, and, you've got, uh, and you've got at least one and maybe two, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't throw too much dirt yet on TCU. I mean, uh, they could still stage a rally. I don't know. You know, winning in Norman will be tough, but if they could somehow – when in Norman, uh, you know, I think that's a uh, that's blood sport for uh, for Gary Patterson playing Baylor. So I'm not ready to to write off TCU. I think that it's not a question of whether you are or I am or Barry is over here, Barry Horn. I think the question is whether the CFP committee is is ready to write them off, and I believe they are. I believe they look for just about any excuse they 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 have to to uh, to just give up on the Big Twelve. Well, that could be. The one good redeeming value about this this backloaded schedule is you get repeated chances to impress people, and if you and the, and TCU is the is the old school example of lose early. Well, used to be you lose early meant September, but in this Big Twelve season, lose early means lose your first game against one of the big dogs. Let me ask you this: let's let's talk about. A, a, a lose-early game that the Sooners played. How sick are they in Norman over that loss to Texas now? Well, I would assume that they're on quite a few antibiotics. <laughs> uh, great day. I mean, you came away from that game knowing that that was nothing about Texas. I know it got all the Longhorns fired up and everybody got excited about third and the running game and you know Charlie Strong clearly got his guys ready, but if you'd watched Texas play before that, you knew they were not a very good football team. And if you've watched Texas play since then, you know they're not a very good football team. That was just 100% the Sooners not playing well, not being focused, but also having terrible game plans. I mean, oh, you played nickel most of the day against a team that literally did not want to throw a forward pass under threat of Chinese water torture. <laughs> so how they... You know, how they lost that game, they don't know, we don't know, but um, it afflicts them to this day. If the Sooners, they're playing pretty good. Of course, you played pretty good when you played Kansas and Iowa State, so we'll see how they do. But if they went out, I mean, they got a pretty good case. They might have a chance, depending on help from others. But, I mean, for such a potentially great season to be to be uh, train wrecked by by Texas this season is just really unforgivable. So the the Sooners are still on the outside looking in. Uh, the o Oklahoma State has a little bit better seat at this point. Um, what do you think about their chances from here on out? Well, I like their chances, and here's what you got to like about OSU. For one thing, you know they're basically in this four four man golf scramble, and OSU is the only team under par. They've beaten one of the others. And second, they're playing on their home course. They get all three of those games in Stillwater. And OSU's a, a better team in Stillwater. I mean, Baylor is too, and I'm, everybody is. But OSU and Baylor particularly seem like they really have a, 
a pretty good home field advantage going. So I like where Oklahoma State's at now. You know, they've got a good history against really good Baylor teams. The last three times Baylor's come to the Stillwater, they brought uh, a star quarterback in Robert Griffin, a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback in Art Robert Griffin, and a Big 12 championship team in 2013. All three games were over at halftime. Cowboys won easy. So they've got a nice history of, of taking out Baylor in Stillwater. And then, of course, in Bedlam, no one knows what will happen. Anything could happen. But being at home gives them a big advantage. I'm looking here at the world-famous Trammell ratings, rankings of, of the Big 12, and you have Oklahoma State first and Baylor second. Have you heard from uh, the chorus in Waco yet? No, people, people not really – I've not really tuned into those rankings. It's a it's a it's a federal crime. They ought to be replaced. <laughs> they ought to replace the committee, but nobody outside the state's gotten too worked up. You know, now I'm hardcore on those rankings. I go straight by resume. In my national top ten, I still don't have Baylor or Ohio State in the top ten. Neither one's got neither one's got uh, anything on their resume. They don't have a bad resume. They have a blank resume. So that's what most of that is. OSU didn't have much going for it either before Saturday, but when you beat TCU, you move you move to the top. So um, it's it's a fabulous November. Uh, I thought we had a really struggle October in the Big Twelve just because nobody has substance to plan each other. But it makes for a great November that we're finally getting to where we we settle these issues. Now let, let's talk about that because you brought up uh, about resumes and schedules, uh, and and I'm. This is being taped on Tuesday morning, so the the uh, the, the CFP rankings are coming out tonight. Uh, so we don't know those yet. But uh, in that first set of rankings, of course, uh, Baylor came in six, and TCU came in eight. Uh, uh, Ohio State come in came in third. So we're looking at those rankings, and of course, what you always hear, uh, there's always an excuse for why Baylor or TCU is not ranked higher. Uh, it, last year is because no 13th game at the very end, uh, and then this year, so well, they didn't play anybody, which of course they didn't. Uh, you know, Baylor surely didn't play anybody, and TCU's schedule wasn't much better. And I, and I get that. Right up until the point we look at Ohio State's non-conference schedule, which is no better than, than TCU's. That their strength of schedule is about the same as TCU's. And so we, we hear from the committee that, that what happened last year doesn't matter. But I have to believe that, that on the committee they look at, well, they won the national championship last year. They came roaring through the playoff, and it doesn't matter they didn't play, you know, what, what they play in non-conference. So what, what is your feeling about that right now? Do you feel like there is a um, – uh, it's just an excuse? Or do you think that uh, – and, of course, you just said you, th- you felt like at Baylor is not even in your top ten, and I, and I can see that based on, on the schedule. Where did you have TCU? Uh, I had TCU uh, well this week. I, they didn't make it either. But in the past, I've had them in the in the second five, good chunk of the season. Um, but I got two words for you, Kevin. Uh, oh no, no, ex- no, no! It's the family explains, show. <laughs> this explains the whole thing, and this is what drives me nuts about the playoff committee, which I otherwise really like, and and the format and everything. And you get some of this in the basketball committee too, and it drives me bananas. Eye test. The eye test drives me nuts. Let me tell you what the eye test means. It means two things. It means who has the best defensive tackles. The football people on that committee, Tom Osborne, Barry Alvarez, used to be Pat Hayden, whoever else. Ty Willingham. People love great defensive tackles. 
and they think whoever has the best defensive tackles owns the world. Number two, eye test means who was good in 1973. <laughs> Why is Ohio State ahead of Baylor? Because of those decals on the helmet. It's the opposite of high school football recruits in Texas and all across the country. Baylor's uniforms are spectacular and stunning, and you can't, you know, you got to watch every Baylor game just to see what the Bears are wearing. It's the opposite with the old guys. They remember Ohio State. They remember Michigan. They remember Oklahoma. If Oklahoma was in the was uh, the uh, the unbeaten the last couple of years or in the running the last couple of years, the Sooners would have been ranked higher. I don't know if they'd have slipped past Ohio State uh, last year, but they would have had a better chance just because of the tradition and because of this eye test nonsense. So that's what's going on is. People, the football people, really just sort of they look at they look at film. You know, they, I, I went through the mock selection committee a couple uh, about a month ago, and you know they give you all the technology and show you all the things that the committee has. And they give the committee iPad, and they can watch games all week long and watch films of games. Why do they need to watch games? <laughs> why, what, why does the committee need to watch games? When Michigan State beats Michigan on a last-second punt snafu, is that some kind of worse loss? I mean, some kind of better, worse victory than if you beat somebody 31-17? to 17? I mean, the scoreboard is the should be the court. That should be the uh, the final judgment. Well, then, I don't then, understand this. This I this they still make it a beauty contest. Then should we make it, uh, it uh, and because of that, because all the, the big games are not being played until late, should there just be one ranking that comes out at the end of the year? Oh, probably not for marketing purposes. I mean, we all love it. I mean, I can't miss it. I watch it every Tuesday, blog off it, or write a column off of it every Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I like to get a column off that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everybody, everybody in America is riveted. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it. It's great marketing. I just... I just wish they'd quit talking about the eye test, and uh, if you know, we, we've gotten all these, we've got unbelievable examples this year. You know, the Brigham Young Hail Marys, the uh, the Clemson, uh, not Clemson, the Miami uh, Duke game, uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State. We've got all kinds of fluke ways to lose a game, but the point, the my point is this: guess what a Hail Mary, a Hail Mary is worth? Seven points. Seven points. The same as a four-yard off-tackle. Same as a four-yard off-tackle after a 22-play drive. Now, let me ask you this. If you believe in this, because I've been getting a lot of emails uh, along these lines, uh, it's all about money. That uh, when it comes right down to it uh, with uh, Notre Dame, right now Notre Dame was sitting fifth. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that Notre Dame is going to move up to fourth with uh, LSU's loss. That when it comes right down to it, who would they rather have on there in the in the final four? Notre Dame, uh, with its legions of uh, alumni and Catholic fans, or a little bitty Baylor? I do not believe in conspiracy theories when it comes to the college football playoff. I actually don't believe in many conspiracy theories at all in America because I think uh, if there was one, somebody would blow the whistle. I don't think it's anything subversive. I don't think they're picking – saying, you know what, we need Notre Dame and not Baylor in this 14 bracket. We need four, We need Ohio State 
instead of Baylor or TCU in last year's bracket. I don't think that happens. I don't think it happens in their heart. I don't think it happens in their mind. So I don't think that's the issue. I think it is this old school tradition of, well, they're wearing the scarlet and gray, so they must be better. Well, we're, we're sitting They're Alabama, so they must be better. Well, yeah, okay, but we're sitting here right across from Dealey Plaza, speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, talking to you. And my question is this. Oklahoma, in my mind, is, is up there with uh, Ohio State, the Michigans, the Notre Dames. Can a one-loss team from the Big 12 actually get to the Final Four? Yes. The problem they have is they're going to lose all the tiebreakers with any other one-loss team um, that's a champion, particularly and maybe even Notre Dame. Now, I think if the Big 12's in a, let's say LSU's in the mix at the end, for whatever reason, it comes down to 11-1 Baylor and 11-1 LSU. I think, I think Baylor would probably get it. I think, I think they would give the championship notion a good run. Um, I don't think it's a conspiracy with, against the Big 12, uh, or in fa- I think it's a conspiracy or a, a belief against the Big 12 format, that 13th game stuff that Jeff Long talked about last year, that's legit. There was a 13th game and for Ohio State, and it was a great game, a good opponent. They played fabulous. It was a bonus. The Big 12 not having a championship game absolutely hurts the Big 12, and the reason is this. It's a short season anyway. We're only talking about 12, 13 games, and then – even the teams that schedule pretty well are playing two rumdums. So we're really talking about 11 or 12 games or 10 or 11 games in an entire season. And one extra game out of 10 or 11 is a big deal. It's not Major League Baseball where you got 162 games or the NBA where you got 82. You're talking about 10 or 11 games trying to figure out the difference between these people. So we have when, seen those. And when you play an extra game, that's a major difference. But what we have seen also in these championship games, back when, when the, the Big Ten didn't have one and the Pac 12 didn't have one, uh, and, and, it, and it hurt the Big 12. So we, we've seen it both ways. It's not necessarily a panacea to have that, that championship game. You can screw yourself with that, with that well, game. As you well, you can, although I'll say this, Kevin. Now, this is, this is sort of a, a provincial pr- opinion, but in the history of the BCS, in the history of that complicated formula deciding who gets to play in the two-team championship. No team was ever treated more royally than Oklahoma. Time after time, the Sooners got the benefit of the doubt. 2003, there were three one-loss teams. OU lost in the Big 12 title game, still got to go. 04, three unbeatens, OU still got to go. 08, uh, the uh, the t- really wasn't a what uh, really wasn't an interconference. It was an intra-conference. OU in Texas. OU got to go. So um, over and over, the Sooners were were treated royally, and a lot of that I think is still goes back to that eye test tradition history type thing. So, do you think? I agree with you. Oklahoma, Texas. What does that do? What is that mean for the other teams in the Big 12 who are not Oklahoma or Texas? Um, well, they're well, hurting. I think that, well, they're hurting, but I, mean, I know Baylor 
is slowly changing the perception. I mean, I think Baylor's not a traditional power, but Baylor is starting to get to the point where people saying, oh, heck, you don't want to play Baylor. They're good. So, uh, and the other thing, the Big 12's got to do, and I'm not the first person to say it. I'm not the thousandth person to say it. they got to schedule better. Don't you think they need to put the, uh, the, the conference needs to pass the rule and no more FCS teams uh, on your non-conference schedule? Uh, and and you and, and I don't know what you legislate after that. You can't say you got to play a certain team because who knows what cycle they're in. But I do think that you you have to get rid of the FCS teams, don't you? Get rid of the get rid of the one double A's, and I think you can pass a rule that says you have to pass a. I mean, you have to play a a, a fellow Power Five foe. I think the answer is probably a scheduling alliance. You know, I back in the old days, I advocated a scheduling alliance with the. Big 12 and SEC, and I don't know, maybe you need to go back to that and just say, we're going to, every one of our teams is going to play some one of these teams. The only way you can make, apparently, you can make Art Bryles play somebody. Now, oh, uh, Mike Gundy really didn't want to either. He's been sort of trumped because he's not really the ultimate power in Stillwater. So they this year they didn't play, but they the last five, six years, they've been playing a, a power five opponent, but You've got to do it. I don't know how it could be any more apparent that you got to do that after what happened last year. And it could bite the Bears again, although I don't think so. I think the Big 12 is going to come out okay. Um, I think the if, if they get down to one loss, if, if, if our champion has one loss, you know, you, you might need, you might need uh, Notre Dame to lose again. But I, I think the the chances are decent that we're going to have a team in the playoff this year. Don't you think it'd be ironic if it comes down to that last season, last week of the regular season, and uh, Notre Dame's playing Stanford? Notre Dame beats a, a one loss Stanford team and gets in, and they don't have a championship game. Well, that yeah, and that would be. Uh, I, I I think that possibly could happen for. Now, a couple of things going for Notre Dame. I mean, they got the eye test because I think they got defensive tackles and they got the <laughs> yeah, there the, you go, and the well-known helmets. Um, and they played a great non-conference. And they schedule. did. A, they got a, They got an excellent schedule. They don't, you know, they don't play FCS. They uh, their idea of a of a bad team is a, uh, is a trip to Boston College. So they got a good solid schedule. If if the Big Twelve gets gets put out by Notre Dame. Uh, I think it's a, uh, I think it's just a hazard of the business. So if I, I, I just think the Big Twelve's got to start regulating the schedules. I just, and here's the thing: what these team, what these games do for you. Forget the playoff. Sometimes people spend too much time about the playoff. I mean, I know what what going to Notre Dame and winning in 2013 did for the Sooner program which is not a program that needs a lot done for it. I mean, it's sort of on autopilot. But going to Tennessee this year and winning, uh, what, you know, when, when Oklahoma State has, has played some good games, losing last year, the highlight of Oklahoma State's season last year until they upset Oklahoma with that, with that goofy game, the highlight of their season was playing Florida State to the wire down at Jerry World. I mean, at some point, you got to remember this is not just about hardware; it's the human drama of athletic competition. Ooh. And playing Florida victory. State, playing Florida State, even if you lose, is better than playing Montana State. 
You get more from your fans for that. There's no question about that. So we we have to wrap up here pretty quickly, but I just want to ask you one last question. The Barry Trammell eye test, Oklahoma State, can they go undefeated, and who do you like in in that final game? I think uh, I do like Oklahoma State. I'm probably going to pick Oklahoma State to win all their games the rest of the year, but that's more of a looking at the schedule. The eye test, Oklahoma State will fail. Oklahoma State will not win the eye test with Oklahoma or Baylor. So I, I'm just believing in the home field advantage is really what I'm believing in. I think that's a good thing to believe in. Barry Trammell, we appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your Oklahoma wisdom with us. Thanks for doing it. We'd like to have you back sometime. Maybe we can talk about the Big 12 getting in the Final Four. All right, guys. Good to, good to talk. Take care. And that does it for us. Wow, that, that, that was a very weak ending, Kevin. Was it really? Yes. Let's try one more. <laughs> and that does it for us. And thanks for listening. On the Upon Further Review podcast in the books.